Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The big picture questions and the most interesting research in science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange... The bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. We often, oh, okay. Oh, now, what are you? What are you doing? Now we're ready. Um, we often talk about how weird our the internal conversation in our brain can be, <laughs> and sometimes, and this is this. Uh, God, this is one of the things I love the most about Kat is sometimes those weird little thoughts that we have, she just will blurt them out for no reason. And I don't even know if you know you're doing it sometimes, but the other night she was brushing her teeth. She's in the bathroom. I'm lying in bed reading. She's in the bathroom brushing her teeth and she bursts into feed the birds tuppence a bag. I uh, did two verses of that and then said, why do I suck at measuring spaghetti? I mean, why do I suck at measuring spaghetti? (laughs) I think it's a valid question. Yeah, well, sure. That's true. You're always overcooking spaghetti. I ate like four persons worth of spaghetti last night. No, two nights ago. It doesn't matter when. It happens every time. And I can't not eat it because spaghetti, you you know, it's not, you can't reheat it. It's awful. It sticks all together. It does. It's, yeah. yeah. Maybe, Maybe make less. I don't right. like. I don't understand how you yeah. can just look at me and say that. Yeah. Like, just make less. Okay, yeah, that was like I don't make less every single time, and it's the exact same amount. How does that happen? I don't know. It defies the laws of physics. I listen. I'm not a scientist. All I know is that I make less every time, and it still ends. And up... And it's the exact same amount. Wow. Okay, that defies reason. You've stated that already. Okay, sorry. But I do enjoy you blurting out random facts like that, or in this in this case, a, a random question. Well, I mean, earlier you were all like Johnny Pride would make a good superhero name. <laughs> yeah, it I was, mean, it was a long car ride. <laughs> 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 yeah, you certainly couldn't disagree with that. Johnny Pride would make a great superhero name it's true kind of like a captain america style sure. thing yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind of like captain america meets captain marvel no it's not like that at all anyway um 
I do, uh, real quick, I just want to uh, warn you. We have four dogs in the house today. Four of them. Every time we do a podcast, we add a dog it's to it. It's working out okay for me. Um, but people are going to get tired of us talking about all the dogs we have in If our you house. are not tired of dogs and cats and guinea pigs and tarantulas, um, and you want to see more of them, you can join our new uh Facebook page thing that's happening that I've been very much enjoying called the Litter Box of Oddities. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just people sharing photos of their pets yeah. and other animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a wonderful place. I'm glad that it's there. It immediately caught my attention because you posted on it. Show me your kitties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> people have done that. They have. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful it's thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's bonding kind of experience i like it all right you go first this episode okay do you know the way to no um do you know what today is it's april fool's day it is normally i don't want to be like today specific but i i want to be today specific today so here we go okay There's a lot to know about it, as it turns out. Tell me. April Fool's Day, it's also been called All Fool's Day, and it's been celebrated for several centuries by different cultures all over the world. According to History.com, some historians speculate that April Fool's Day dates back to 1582, and that's when France switched from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar, as called for by the Council of Trent in 1563. So that was just a a joke that uh, nobody caught on to, and here we are centuries later, and nobody understands that that's a joke. The, the, it's not the, really, we're not supposed we're, to be on the, going on the by the Gregorian calendar. No, it's no. just a made up thing. Yeah, yeah, it's oh a yeah, made no, up thing. that's not accurate. We're supposed to be on the Julian calendar and we're all late for everything. <laughs> People who were slow to get the news that we were going by the Gregorian calendar uh, or failed to recognize the new start of the, the year had moved to January 1st and continued to celebrate it during the last week of March uh, became the butt of jokes and hoaxes. I see. These pranks included <laughs> these pranks included having paper fish placed on their backs <laughs> and being referred to as April fish. <laughs> this was back in the 1500s. Yeah, uh, which was said to uh, symbolize a young, easily caught fish, aka uh, a gullible person. I see. Yeah, but I just really. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the idea that it's like, <laughs> he's got a fish tape to his back. Yeah, they didn't have tape then. Though. It sounds very Monty Python-esque. How did they attach the paper fish since tape had not been invented? I don't know about the history of tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know uh, about about that at all. Maybe mm-hmm. it was construction adhesive. I don't know. I don't have the answer there. It gets all over everything. It does. Um, now... <laughs> <laughs> Having a uh, paper fish placed on your back doesn't seem like a, a typical prank, uh, but as I mentioned, different cultures celebrate in different ways. Uh, in the UK, an April Fool joke is revealed by shouting April Fool at the recipient, who then becomes the April Fool. And a study in the 1950s by a fl- folklorists, Iona and Peter Opie, found that in the UK and in countries whose traditions derived from the UK, the joking had to cease at midday. 
So past noon, there's no April fooling. That's bad form. They've you, got a half day for fooling. That's it. Okay. And and they treat the April fooling as if it's a contagion, right? I mean, if you say April fool to somebody, then they become the April fool and they have to go and pass that on. Is that how it works? There are cultures where that is the 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 idea. Okay. Um, in the UK, I'm not sure about that. It that didn't come up in in this, but maybe that's exactly the case. Um, but I I know that there is joke playing, general horseplay, mm-hmm. uh, if mm-hmm. you will. Uh, but no longer acceptable afternoon to play jokes. Uh, ergo, a person who is playing a joke after the midday is then considered the April Fool. Well, that seems fair. I think so. Yeah. Like, hey, hey, that's enough. So when <laughs> when did they determine that the cutoff time was lunch? I don't know, but I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. It's like, here, here's how it's going to go, guys. All yeah, right. We've right, got right. the morning for foolings. Mm-hmm. Okay. And after that, there's we've got business to get to. What if you set up an April Fool's prank. Let's say that you turn somebody's drawers upside down in their in their desk. Okay. But they don't open their drawers until three o'clock oh, in the so afternoon. It was a late release right. fool is event. that is it retroactive or <sighs> that's a great question. Hmm. Um did, did, did I think they, they both become the April Fool? That's a great question. Um I would assume because you had put the plan in action before Mm -hmm. noon that that is still acceptable. Um, It's not your fault that they didn't get to work until afternoon. That's true. That's kind of embarrassing for them, isn't it? They're lazy and they deserve to be pranked. Right. At a later hour. (laughs) So in in Scotland, April Fool's Day was traditionally called Huntagawk Day. Uh, although that name has fallen into disuse, the name is started by Hunt the Gawk. Gawk was like a cuckoo or a foolish person, um, and so the it was basically a day of running around cuckoo. So the traditional prank, and this is the the passing along of the 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 April fooliness. Okay. Um, the traditional prank is to send a message. To someone, uh, so you ask uh, a friend to send this or deliver this sealed message to another person, and that message reads: "Dinah laugh, Dinah smile, hunt the gawk another mile." So that tells the person, the recipient, "Aha! I have to send this messenger on the way to give this message to someone else." So. Uh, Bill sends the message with Todd. No, this is going to get too convoluted. Um, you basically, you keep sending them on and on and on until eventually they go, wait a minute, this is some bullshit. Wow. So who's the fool there? All that participate? No, the, sounds- the messenger. Okay, I got you. All right. It seems like after the third or fourth time, you would go, I... I want to go home. That's, I think, why why they would then be considered the fool, because they continue to do nice things for people, even though, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, those people are obviously jerks. Well, we we seem to have placed our moral values in the wrong place then. Yes, I would say the fool is the person who's taking advantage of a friend. Right, yeah. And the person who's nice enough to deliver the messages over and over and over again right. is a goddamn saint. 
However, this is just the one day and only until noon. Though I don't know if that applied in Scotland also. That may have been a whole day of tomfoolery. Well, you got a lot of ground to cover. Mm. What with all the message delivering. Exactly. All right. So in England, a fool is known by different names around the country, including a noodle. (laughs) I love that. Which I really enjoy. A gob and a gobby, which sounds like a sex act. (laughs) A gobby? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't it? It does. Right? It's like a... a, a, Nope. You don't need to get specific about it. um, You weirdo. Cleveland steamer. Okay. Or a rusty trombone. Historians have also linked April Fool's Day to festivals such as Hilaria, which was celebrated in ancient Rome at the end of March and involves people dressing up in disguises. And there's also speculation that April Fool's Day was tied to the vernal equinox or first day of spring in the northern hemisphere when Mother Nature was fooling us all with her changing, unpredictable weather. Right? So, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. We're all the fools. We are. Oh, especially in Maine when you're like, oh, my gosh, spring is finally here. And then it dumps a foot of snow on you and <laughs> you just just move. Yeah. You just want to go elsewhere. I'm so sad. You know what you need? A gobby. <laughs> <laughs> in Ireland, it was traditional to entrust the victim with an important letter, which, again, you would then send off. And uh, uh, the letter finally opened contains the words, send the fool farther. So it's the same idea. I see. uh, But slightly, slightly different. Also, don't know if that that policy uh, is a a noon ender as well. Noon ender. That also sounds sexual. What is wrong with me? Um, In Poland... (laughs) Prima Aprils, totally or noon enders. That's it's known as the uh, a day of jokes. It's a centuries-long tradition, and uh, it is a day in which many jokes are told, various hoaxes, sometimes very sophisticated, are prepared by people, media, and often public institutions. Serious activities are usually avoided, and generally, every word said on April first can either be a lie or a joke. And the conviction for this is so strong that the Polish anti-Turkish alliance with Leopold the first signed on April. 1st 1683 was backdated to march 31st <laughs> because they they were they they're serious yeah, about april 1st it doesn't count no if you enter into a binding contract on the 1st of april it doesn't count <laughs> uh danes Finns, icelanders norwegians and swedes celebrate april fool's day uh most news media outlets will publish exactly one false story on april 1st uh for newspapers this will typically be a first page article but not the top headline sure so they've got yeah. structured rules to the fooling mm-hmm. ha 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 but only that far yeah Uh, Italy, France, Belgium, many French-speaking countries, also big fans of the paper fish on the backs. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's hilarious. I wish we'd bring that back. To to this day, they still do the the paper fish on the back? Uh, As far as I know, I don't see that it's fallen out of favor. It's probably picked up in popularity since the advent of Scotch tape. Also, mass printing. You could get real fancy with your fish. Yes, you could. Or you could do, like, 3D print a fish. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Goldfish. Like the cracker? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I mean, it's free crackers. 
As well as people playing pranks on one another, elaborate practical jokes have appeared on radio and TV stations, newspapers, as I mentioned, websites, uh, etc. In one famous prank from 1957, uh, the BBC broadcast a film in their series called Panorama, where they showed Swiss farmers picking freshly grown spaghetti Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in what were called was called the Swiss spaghetti harvest and the BBC was later flooded with requests uh, from people wanting to know where they could purchase a spaghetti plant <laughs> forcing them to the next day uh, declare the the story a hoax because people were confused sure, sure and sometimes that does happen sometimes radio people do things that they get in trouble for. Sometimes. I don't, you know, April I've, nev- Fools. I've never seen that happen. No, before, not personally no, in your career, no, specifically no. because of you. No, not, not, no. Okay, maybe a couple of times um, when I told everybody to set their clocks ahead and I made everybody late, including <laughs> surgery patients. Oh. <laughs> it was not right. I didn't think that through. No, no. Um, it's, uh, but it makes sense because uh, April Fool's Day is mm-hmm. usually so mm-hmm. close mm-hmm. to the the spring forward yeah, uh, sure, time, sure. Uh, daylight saving time. Yeah, it seemed like a great idea at the time. I'm sure. Yeah. But you did ruin a lot of lives. Yeah. After the third time, I decided I would stop doing that. Right. Yeah. You know? mm. In uh, 1996, Taco Bell duped people when it announced that it had agreed to purchase Philadelphia's Liberty Bell and <laughs> intended to name it the Taco Liberty Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 98, Burger King advertised their new left-handed Whoppers uh, and scores of customers requested the fake sandwich. Now, not all April Fool's Days mm, happen on April 1st, so it wouldn't really be April Fool's. It's an equivalent holiday. Okay, okay. Um, December 28th is the equivalent day in Spain, Hispanic America, and the Philippines. Uh, It is also the Christian day of the celebration of the Day of the Holy Innocents, and the Christian holiday is a holiday in its own right. It's a religious one, but the traditional pranks, uh, not so much. Uh, After somebody plays a joke or a prank on someone, the the joker usually cries out, uh, Innocente palomita que te dejaste engañar. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, it means you innocent little dove, you let yourself be fooled. Which, uh, it just sounds so much nicer than, you're an idiot! Yeah. <laughs> it is It is nicer. And that's on the 28th of December. Wouldn't it be, I love this idea because you could go, you know that really expensive piece of jewelry I gave you for Christmas? <laughs> you're an innocent little dove that's been fooled. Give me back my jewelry, and then stomp out and slam the door. N- you like that? What What has this person done to you? <laughs> this person broke into my house and stole my balalaika. So why are you pretending to buy them jewelry? Why didn't you like file a lawsuit? You're ruining this for me. <laughs> I just wanted to work in the word balalaika. Okay, okay. No, I get that. That's fine. All right. Uh, I hope that you get your instrument back my balalaika yep yes. okay i want i want to hear my balalaika ringing out again is this a song reference oh my god let me hear your balalaikas ringing out come and keep your comrades warm i'm back in the ussr 
Oh, I never realized that. Okay, mm. I didn't know those were the words. Um, because in my head it's Leica, and so like, like I thought he was saying like your ballad Leica, you like know, a, like like a ringing out. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Okay. I never realized that he was saying like a balalaika. Yeah, that's what he. It makes so much, much more sense. Sure. Huh. Misheard lyrics. <sighs> hey, we're all guilty of it. Sweet Home Alabama. I always thought for years they were saying it, in Birmingham they love the gum nut. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, you're a song. You make me want to roll my windows down and, and poop. poop. Um, Good times. In Belgium, mm-hmm. this day is also known as the Day of the Innocent Children or the Day of the Stupid Children. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> it, it used to be a day where parents, grandparents, and teachers would fool the children in some way. <laughs> Which I love so love much. Yeah. I've always said that if I was going to have a child person um, that I was uh, like in charge of, right. that I... Like you had know. a baby, yeah, uh, okay. yeah, yeah, that I kept mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and made made a person out of, yeah, into, yeah, like right. in my house, right? Gotcha. If I was gonna let it live with me and you know tell it things, mm-hmm. um, then that one of the things that I would do would be to teach it how to use the English language uh, as beautifully as I can, um, which is, you know, leaves some, but it's, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But then there's one word, and it would be a somewhat obscure word, but a word that they would have to use at some point, and I would tell them the wrong word for sure, that word. Sure. And it would be something dramatic and drastic. So <laughs> um, something along the lines of like, okay, so instead of the word orchid, Right. Right. So um, not a word that you'd use often, but maybe you are on a field trip and mm-hmm. you see a bunch of plants and you're like, hey, look at that. Okay. So instead of the word orchid, I would teach them that the name for orchid was disemboweled. <laughs> I love the way the disemboweled smells. <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> Anyway, that's why I don't have kids. So this celebration of tricking the kids really fell out of favor. Uh, and, and April Fool's Day has become more of, more of a, a traditional celebrated holiday rather than make an asshole out of your children day. Now, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by that concept, actually. You know, I like it. Uh-huh. I think that there are lots of opportunities uh, to make fun of children, which we are uh, discouraged from doing. Right, society frowns on it. Give us one day. Even just a half day. Yeah. I'll take till noon. Till noon would work. Right? In Iran, on 13th of the first month of the Iranian calendar, known as Nature's Day, uh, which is usually the first or second of April-ish, um, it is common that people spread false news and then shout um, words. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, Dora Gay Sidza. I'm not sure even a little bit if no, I'm, I don't even no. know how, I don't know. I'm embarrassed for you. 
but basically it means lie of the 13 and some newspapers and journals do that and uh, will publish false news but down at the bottom of the page they'll write dura gay sutza but backwards so you know uh, if you're paying attention you'll see that it's it, see. it's that's their hoax edition but um yeah so that's interesting and i like it <laughs> Durage Sutsa. You said that pretty well. You don't know that. No, I don't. But it sounded, you, it, the fact that you said it with such authority. See, I think that's the problem a lot of times yeah. is I know how little I know, um, <laughs> which makes me sound like a numb nuts. Mm. Um, it's just me being aware mm-hmm. that I am a numb nuts. Um, some people know less than I do, but say it with more confidence and they sound smarter. <laughs> it's not fair. Who's got the fish on their back? Hmm. I don't know what that means. We were gonna call this segment Kevin, but it didn't do well in focus groups. So now we call it That Thing in the Middle. Back in 1962, in Sweden, there was only one television channel, and it was shown in black and white. On April 1st, they announced that their technical expert had figured out a way for people to receive their television shows in color. Researchers, he said, had recently discovered that if you took a pair of tights and stretched them over your television set, it would bend the light and viewers could see the shows in color. All you had to do was cover your TV set with a pair of tights. To this day, many people remember their parents frantically running around the house trying to find a pair of tights and then trying to squeeze their TV set into them. Ironically, regular color broadcasts began in Sweden in 1970 on April Fool's Day. I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids and they live about 3,000 miles away and my daughter is expecting a child and she has been sending me updates on her baby bump through the aura frame. And since I can't be there to experience it with her, it's the next best thing. And speaking of mothers, if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate your mom in your life, Aura Frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames. It allows you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and super easy to share photos with the Aura app. And here's the thing, if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. We love Aura frames and living so far away from family, thanks to Aura, it's the next best thing. It's like, it's like almost being there. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Box of Oddities freaks can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A frames.com and use code oddities at checkout and you will save. Thanks Aura Frames for bringing my family a little bit closer. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, If you put your pants on, I'll give you some Fresca. And when kids can start to reason that they get something, if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them. Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. 
Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. When I was a kid, I had expected chores, and then I had bonus chores. And bonus chores were where I earned money. And so if you're thinking like, hey, my kids should be doing stuff around the house. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But maybe there's extra ways that they can learn how to be a successful financial money person. What was one of the bonus chores that you had to do? (sighs) Rub my mom's feet. And what did that pay? I don't know, like a quarter or something. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash oddities. The Box of Oddities. It's not for everyone. On an early morning in November 2011, a small, ancient-looking, sea-worn wooden ship washed ashore on Japan's northwestern coast. Now, the Coast Guard was dispatched to investigate and quickly realized that this was a scene better suited for forensic experts. (gasps) Inside the stripped and otherwise empty hull was a sight that still haunts some to this day. According to the Los Angeles Times, they interviewed a guy, his name was uh, Shizuo Kakutani, and apparently he sees all kinds of things wash up on the shore in his little fishing village of Monzen, which is right on the Sea of Japan. But early that morning in November, they called him, the 71-year-old retired fisherman was uh, dispatched by some of the town's civilian coast guard they had seen somebody had reported uh, a black mass just kind of bobbing in the water out there it was attached to a buoy and they said it's most likely a boat we need to go pull it off the buoy bring it in it's, it looks like it's an abandoned craft okay and again according to the la times kakukani said quote we were pulling the boat to the port when i noticed A pair of legs sticking out from underneath, bobbing up and down in the waves. Later, when they got the boat to shore, they did a more thorough investigation and they discovered uh, kind of a, uh, well, a pretty grisly cargo. Ten corpses. All of the corpses were pretty badly decomposed. They all seemed to be male, but they, because of the advanced state of decomp, they couldn't be sure of that. So it was a still functional boat. No, it, it, was, it was... But it, it had, was floating. It was floating, but it was barely floating. And apparently it had been in the sea for some time, so they weren't really sure. They did an autopsy on, on the bodies, and they determined that they'd been dead for at least two months. Okay. Just floating around in the Sea of Japan. And even though they determined that they'd been dead for a couple of months, they could not determine what the cause of death definitively was. Mm-hmm. It appeared as though maybe... The elements or whatever. Sure. 
Okay, I'm sorry. You said that there was a black mass and it was attached to a buoy. I'm just trying to get this yeah. clear in my head. Yeah. So the boat was black? Yeah, well, it looked black from the shore. From the right. shore, okay. So there's a mass bobbing up and down. It looked like it was Got attached it. to a boat buoy. So they, it's probably a boat. We need to get out there. We don't have enough people with the civilian Coast Guard. Hey, retired fisherman guy, okay. come with us. And did you say it was like a fishing boat? It looked like it could have been, but again, it was really old. Okay. And it had obviously been in the water right. for a long time because in my head i was picturing like the life of pie boat like a big <laughs> like a canoe yeah no it, it, bigger than that what's the in between okay never mind go ahead they they searched the boat and it showed that uh there were very few things left on board pretty uh wretched existence for those who had been on board Oof. there was a frying pan and a cabin strewn with some fishing hooks and small lights suggesting that the uh, the crew was trying to catch squid. So they were squidmen. They were squidmen. Potentially. That is their best guess. Really, all they could smell was rotting corpses. He, he said, sure. quote, it smelled like them. It's something very difficult to describe. Then another ship shows up and six more bodies were in this ship. What? Yeah. They had never seen this before. All of a sudden, there were two ships showing up with, with you know, corpses on board. I have questions. I do. I have questions. But um, I'm going to let you say, say more things because you might answer my questions. A few weeks after that, before the investigations were really well underway, they discovered three more boats. What? At the Ishikawa Prefecture. Inside, another 10 corpses. <laughs> Later that month, Another boat with six more skulls and a body that was nearly intact. And the boats kept coming. By the end of December of that year, 57 boats drifted ashore unmanned. Now, not all of them carried bodies, but a lot of them did. And they don't have the official body count available. But there was a shit ton. And you said this was 2011? 2011. So what What was, what was making... Okay. No, you have more things to say. Go okay. ahead. Well, this particular part of uh, Japan, this coastline on the Sea of Japan, there is a cliff that for centuries has been a place where people would end their life by suicide. They would leap off this cliff. Mm -hmm. And there was a rumor, according to uh, the retired sea captain, he said, quote, we have a rumor of a ghostly figure of a lady appearing at the pier, he said. Uh, but that's a rumor since way before the ships began arriving. So probably she's just one of those people who jumped to death off the cliff. <laughs> so it has nothing to do with the ghost right. ships. Yes, probably there's a, a ghostly figure, but not not to worry. Yeah, that's not, not that just doesn't concern you. Has nothing to do with the ghost ships. <laughs> so in 2012, in October, more boats start showing up with bodies on them between October and December of that year, 47 boats appeared with 30 some odd bodies on so them. So it's the same time of year, both in 2011 to 2012. So it makes sense that it would have something to do with the currents and the... the One would think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It became a bit of a seasonal event because... <laughs> it's like the flower show. <laughs> it's like the return of the swallows to Capistrano. In 2013, 80 boats... No! ...drifted ashore during this three-month period... With scores of bodies. In 2014, same time period, 65 boats. Oh my goodness. In 2015, 
34 boats showed up with 25 bodies on board. Have we, I'm sorry, have we identified the people on any of these boats? We're getting to that. Okay, I'm sorry. In 2016, somewhere around 24 boats reported wow. drifting ashore. 2017, 99 boats with 31 bodies on board. Oh now, this past year, 2018, over 100 dilapidated wooden boats have washed up in the northern Japan coastline. Sometimes they're empty. Sometimes they're full of skeletons or corpses. So far, since 2011, several hundred of these ghost ships have drifted ashore with well over 100 bodies total. That's insane. What the fuck is going on there? So they discovered, of course, bits of clothing. Um, they found a cigarette package in one of the ships and papers on board that helped them to determine that most of the ships, not all of them, but the vast majority of them originated from North Korea. Okay. So were they defectors? Well, that was the first thing. The first idea was these are people who are defecting, trying to get the hell out of there. Right. But North Korea said, no, no, no. Oh, well, of course no. not. No, no, no. They're not defecting. No, they are. Everyone loves it here. They're Yes, they're fishermen who got lost. And it seems as though maybe it's a combination of the two things. I'm just looking at the map to see where yeah. North Korea is in relation to sure. Japan and the Sea of Japan. It's kind of a straight shot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize how close Nagasaki was to South Korea. Like, it's just a little straight between there. Not much. So the ghost ships that wash up are typically very old. They lack powerful modern engines. They have no GPS. A lack of food may play a role in the crew's deaths. With little food on board, exposure and starvation, according to Wikipedia, can become a very significant danger out on the Sea of Japan. Now, scholars such as uh, John Wilson Wright of Chatham House says that um, it's unlikely that all of the boats resulted from attempts to defect. Given the fact that South Korea was closer, they could have just kind of gone out and then, you know, down the coast to right. South Korea. He says some of them probably are, but the vast majority probably are, in fact, fishermen. So it was a combination, but the time of year that they're showing up, is that because of the the currents the weather yes. patterns yeah in the it seems to be analysts have been uh, quoted as saying that it's unlikely the vessels were being used to uh, do anything other than fish it's much much easier to get a fake passport <laughs> than to try to escape that way so what happens is the fishermen for north korea are civilians but they're under military rule and they have a quota to meet certain amount of fish or seafood has to be brought in. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they deal with some pretty stiff consequences. Okay. So what often is happening is they're going so far out into the Sea of Japan to a, um, a shallow reef area where the fishing is better, but it's dangerous for these old boats to be so far out there. And if anything happens, then they're screwed. Right. And so they're stranded at sea for weeks or months at a time. They die and then they drift to the coast of, of Japan. So, yes, some of the, the boats are defectors, but sure. the vast majority is, in fact, 
fishermen who are just trying to catch enough fish so the government doesn't fuck with their families and have gone a little bit too far out into the Sea of Japan. And if you're out trying to meet those quotas, you stay later, you go further, you you maybe make more risk or take more risks. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Oh, that's that's upsetting. And that's why the vast majority of these ships, like 99 point whatever percent, are North Korean. Almost every one of them is North Korean. It's a phenomenon that has really ramped up since 2011. So that kind of says something there, too, that things are getting interesting there. Yeah, you know, the way I feel about it is if you're someplace and they won't let you leave, that's not good. I feel that way at, like, corporate meetings. (laughs) If I had an old shitty boat and I could get out of a corporate meeting, Mm -hmm. I would probably launch across the Sea of Japan, too, to get away. (laughs) <laughs> totally understand. That's we've talked about that many times. Is that there are a lot of events that uh, sure we wouldn't mind being at, but if we have to be there, suddenly we want to be there much less. If I have to be anywhere, yeah, I would much rather be anyplace else. Mm-hmm. That is the way I've always felt, and I doubt very much I'm going to change at this point in my life. So there you go. The ghost ships. Of the Sea of Japan. That is fascinating. And I I, I would really like to, to learn more about that. Well, I have some links for you. Thank you. And some pictures. Oh. Hmm. Ooh. Well, Ooh. I can't imagine how unpleasant encountering a boat full of 20 dead men must smell. Especially if it's a fishing boat. Yeah. You know, because that's not going to smell. Yeah. Mm. No. No, thank you. And we've talked about this briefly before I've, you know, had the opportunity to smell decomp, uh, but it was just of one person and uh, not a boat full of fish people. That's true. Yeah. And someday maybe you'll tell that story. Maybe. But sea currents are amazing, aren't they? Right. That's interesting. (laughs) Ha ha. You silly dove. Thanks for hanging out with us uh, this episode. If you do happen to listen on iTunes and you have a free minute, would you uh, take the time, give us a, uh, a positive review and a five-star rating. It helps grow the show, and we love you for it. We also love your emails, curator at theboxofoddities.com. Some really great suggestions coming in recently, and I'm trying to read them as fast as I can and then delete them so that JG <laughs> won't see them. I have no idea what you're talking about. I know. Mm-hmm. Ha ha! Box of Oddities, two times a week. We'll see you on Thursday. Until then, keep flying that freak flag. Fly it proudly, beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the Box of Oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com On Facebook at Facebook.com slash BoxOfOdditiesPodcast On Twitter at BoxOfOddities And Instagram at BoxOfOdditiesPodcast Copyright 2019, all rights reserved. Have you ever wondered how inbred the Habsburgs really were? What women in the past used for birth control? Or what Queen Victoria's nine children got up to? 
On the History Tea Time podcast, I profile remarkable queens and LGBTQ plus royals, explore royal family trees, and delve into women's medical history and other fascinating topics. Join me every Tuesday for History Tea Time, wherever fine podcasts are enjoyed. Hello everyone, it's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well... I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.